Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Oh, snap. Yo, hello, what's good, what's up? This is episode 10 of 40 Ounce Fridays. And look, I remember the episode number this time. I'm I'm almost a thousand percent sure we're on episode 10. Uh, we, I'm, I'm going to let that go before I start second-guessing myself and say we're not on episode 10. But we are on episode 10. Fuck, I'm already second-guessing myself. Anywho, um, oh, excuse me. Uh, this week, I don't know if it'll be as long as we usually do. We usually go like an hour, almost an hour and a half. This might be a shorter one. This might be like 30 to 40 minutes. Um, just cause not really much today. I'm just going to be going over some video game stuff. Uh, mainly just going over my hype for upcoming things. And, uh, my boy, the hero from Dragon Quest got in Smash. So we're going to talk about that. He got it in like a week or two ago, but we were, I was doing Yu Yu Hakusho stuff today that the album reviews last week. So, um, didn't really have time to talk about him before. We're going to talk about that and why people are salty about that nigga and want him banned from tournaments or nerfed and all that good stuff. He's great, by the way. I love him in that game. Uh, I'm going to go over my ever-growing hype for Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, uh, <laughs> Definitive Aversion. <laughs> Wait. Dragon Quest XI, Echoes of an Elusive Age, S, Definitive Edition. <laughs> uh, that's coming out on the Nintendo Switch. Um, September 27th, so we got mm, less than a month, about more than a month, more than a month, because we're in August, so we got, we got a good, we still got a good chunk of time before that drops, but, um, I'm going to talk about how I'm getting real excited for that game to come out and play it again, and why I'm excited for it, uh, more short, short, more sword and shield news came out, so we'll, briefly go over that it was a really short trailer but they did show a lot and you know still go over that controversy and you know all the negative talks about it and how i feel about it still um maybe lightly touch some persona 5 r news because we've been getting little bitty trailers here and there and i have some speculations and like maybe hopes i have for the game and um i also might just for a second touch on the whole politicians going off you know with the whole uh video games cause mass shooting bullshit situation. Uh, might le- might lightly touch on that. I don't know. This is going to be like a general quick just going over game the game sphere just talking about that stuff cuz I haven't I haven't talked about games in a minute. So that's what I decided to do. So I'm going to go out and start off with the first thing that came out which is the uh, the hero got added to to uh Super Smash Bros Ultimate. He got added a week or two ago? Has it been like two weeks since he came out? Something like that. 
Uh, he's awesome. First off, if you if you haven't played Hero yet, or if you don't play Smash, I highly recommend you you get him. Even if you're like Ooh, another sword character, which I'm still gonna argue is a weak excuse to not like a character. Oh, it's another sword character. There are not a lot of sword characters in the game. There honestly aren't. There, I still believe at this point in time, less than a fourth of the roster is sword characters. There's 80 characters and not even a fourth. Well, there's going to be 80 once all the DLC is announced. We still got two more characters. So I think even if the last two DLC characters were sword users, it'd barely be like a fourth of the roster. Maybe not even a fourth, because it had to be 20 sword users, and I f- don't think we'll hit 20. So, yeah, it's it's a very a fraction of the roster uses blades. And then you have people that shoot, and people that... I'm like, come on, guys. It's not a lot of sword characters. Even if it was a fourth of the roster as sword characters, okay, oh, 20 characters use swords. That's 60 other people to choose from. Calm down. It's not that big of a deal. But, anywho, um, Hero got added. Hero's cool, so if you hadn't seen him, uh, he's titled the Hero. He's from Dragon Quest, and the reason why he's titled Hero is in every Dragon Quest game, you name your main character. They don't technically have a name. People argued they could have used names, but actually um, the names they use are usually just the number of the game. Like the hero from Dragon Quest Eleven, I think his name is just something that translates to Eleven. And people were like, but what about Erdrick? Erdrick is not a name. Erdrick is a title that is bestowed upon the, the hero from Dragon Quest Three, and then his descendants from Dragon Quest One and Two. And even the hero from Dragon Quest Eleven at the end of his games, spoilies, uh, gets the title of Erdrick. So, <laughs> it's a title. It's not a name, guys. You could argue that they could have named him Erdrick, but not every character, main character in Dragon Quest receives the title of Erdrick. So they named him Hero because every main person in the Dragon Quest series is the hero of that game. So there we go. That was the, that was the reason why they went with that. It's not a big deal. I feel like people at that point were just being real fucking nitpicky because they needed a reason to not like this character. But um, the day of his release, because they did, they did, um, Sakurai did like, I don't, I don't want to say a live or like a direct, but he did do like a presentation where he just played the character, went over the moves, the stage and all that good stuff for the hero. And then later that day, later that same day, because that, that came out at, like, 6 a.m., and I think Hero came out, like, 6 p.m. I think he came out, like, 12 hours later. So he, he dropped the same day they did the presentation. It was cool to see Sakurai just, you know, sit down and hands-on show us how the character works. Sakurai showing the moves, playing against the... Oh, excuse me, Jesus Christ. Uh, playing against the CPU. And he, he kind of kicked that CPU's ass. It was kind of dope to see Sakurai do that. Everyone was talking about that mean ass down spike he <laughs> that mean ass spike he did on uh the computer hero. But anywho, okay, so the hero basically um his bread and butter is his sword combos. He's a sword and shield user like uh Link is. He's a sword and shield user like Link and his magic almost his the way his magic system work is works is almost like Robin's, but there are a few differences, and his main mechanic is going to be his down B, which is uh, his command spell list. 
So I'll go over his melee stuff first. Like, you know, he has sword slashes. If you tap A, he has his basic three-hit sword combo. Four at A is a, a very powerful, like, downward arcish slash. Uh, up is like, an, uh, up, he points his sword up to the sky. It's almost kind of like how Link does it. I think Link does it like that. He points his sword up. But that's like a famous Dragon Quest pose, too. Like, even one of his taunts is that. And then the down slice, you know, your classic, like, swing one way, swing the other. Uh, his uh, air down is um, a downward, like, sword stab, kind of like how Link and Cloud and Ice is, you know, the general sword fanfare. I will say his down, his down air for, like, his smash, like his sword swing is pretty powerful if you want to tilt somebody or just, uh, or not tilt somebody, spike somebody into the abyss or just into the ground on the platform. But you have to be careful when you use it because it does have a lot of lag. One thing that I noticed about Hero is um, his sword combos are very powerful. Like his sword swings, he he swings that sword hard, dude. He's strong. Um, some of his moves do have a lot of that lag. You can tell, like, when you use your sword, you got to make sure you're you're swinging correctly. But when he does hit, he he does deal some pretty decent damage. And also, there's a gimmick, one gimmick around him. This is there's two. One of his gimmicks or his mechanics for the character is a critical hit. So when he's doing melee, just like how it is in the Dragon Quest RPGs or RPGs in general, you sometimes deal crits and you're a, a critical attack, and it's a random thing. So the hero can deal critical hits with his melee. So he'll do a sword swing, and let's say they're at 30%. He deals a crit. You're probably killing that person at 30%, which is fucking wild. But it's random. You you never know when it's going to hit. Um, his blows are pretty powerful, though, even without the crits. He can knock people back if they have a lot of damage. He can send them flying. Um, he's not... I don't want to say he's a light character. He's not a heavy, either. He's kind of in the middle. He doesn't... He doesn't get knocked around a lot, but he's definitely not a heavy. He's 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 that middleweight character. Uh, I would, in my personal opinion, I would compare like his weightiness, like when he gets hit around like that. I would compare it to Clouds. I feel like Clouds a little heavier, but that's because of the Buster Sword. So that's basically his melee stuff. So kind of like he's not like super quick at his sword moves it's not slow either though so he has some decent sword swing speeds does a good chunk of damage has his critical hits you got to watch his swings though because they do have a lot of lag on them so that's one thing you got to be sure of you kind of got to be precise with his sword hits but you want to use his sword hits because his smashes all use mp every one of his smash attacks are not smash yeah smash attacks are specials not smash Smashes the A moves, uh, the Bs, the special moves, all of his special stuff uses MP. So, kind of like Robin, he does have an MP meter. It just looks more like a Dragon Quest-ish MP meter. It says 100, and every time he uses spells, it drains his MP. MP does recover on its own. It recovers hella slow, though. It's like 1. 1. 1. But if you're dealing damage, MP goes up faster in chunks, which is why you want to learn how to use his melee well enough and focus on that stuff too. And you want to use spells as like finishing moves because your MP is kind of precious. So like I said, his, uh, a lot of his magic stuff worked almost like Robin's. So like um, Robin does like the lightning, that lightning thing that she can charge, he or she, depending on which 
skin of Robin you use. The hero's uh, neutral special is uh, Frizz. So Frizz is a basic fireball spell in the world of Dragon Quest. Doesn't cost a lot of MP. I wrote the MPs down. I, I don't know where I put them because I, I, I do like using them. I, I got a lot of time like practicing with them. Um, and it does basic damage. It can be deflected. Oh, his shield, like Link, he can auto-block basic projectile stuff if you just stand there. Like, you know how Link can just auto-block an arrow or really weak projectiles? He can do the same thing. I checked it. So, uh, Frizz can be blocked with a shield, because I did a lot of my practice against Link, because it was another sword and shield fighter. Um, but you can charge, you can charge it just like how Robin charges the lightning spell. And with, um, Frizz, it's the only one of the, the three special smashes. I'm gonna get into his down, his down B, his, uh, down special, which is the command spell list. But, uh, Frizz is the only spell set he has in his special moves, that he can charge and hold on to a charge. So if I wanted to charge up Frizz to Frizzle, uh, I could charge it up to Frizzle and then stop, cancel it by shielding, or just, you know, shielding if, if they're coming at me, and I can hold the charge. Just like how uh, Cloud can do, he can charge up his meter and then shield to dodge and cancel the meter charge out. Things of that nature. And then when you fully charge it, you get Kfriz. So Frizz and Frizzle still can be blocked by shields. They still can be auto-blocked. Kfriz cannot. Kfriz is the most powerful of the fire spells he has. And it's a giant fucking fireball. that It doesn't move very fast, but it has a lot of range on the ground. It goes pretty far and it does a good chunk of damage. So like I said, you want to combo with his sword swings and then start hitting heavy with spells. So if you do a nice heavy sword swing, especially if you get a crit and they don't quite die, hit them with a Kafriz, they probably will end up dying. Um, Kafriz eats up a good chunk of MP, so you got to be careful with that. So then his uh, side B is uh, Zap. Zap is the spell that eats up the most MP for him in terms of his, his specials in general, not counting like all the particulars in the command list. But uh, I, I think even in the command list, Zap is probably the most taxing on his MP bar. Uh, so Zap does just neutral, just like doing it normally without holding it. Does like a light little kind of mid-ish range lightning blast and a sword swing kind of thing. So it can like, you know, pressure people off. You get him to back up. If you hold it, he'll do Zapple. And that's a stronger version, just like how Frizzle is a stronger version of Frizz. But it takes a little longer to charge, so you got to be careful. And then, I believe the spell that eats up the most MP out of any of his spells, including the command list, is uh, Kazap. Kazap is his strongest lightning spell on the list. Like I said, unlike with Frizz, you cannot hold charges with Zap. So, if you hold it up to uh, Zapple you're not going to be able to, like, shield move and hold that charge for Zapple. You will just use Zapple once you let it go. So you have to be careful when you use these moves. Zapple, uh, Zapple and Kazap are a little slower because you have to hold the charge, but they are a lot pow more powerful. And then with uh, Kazap, I know for sure, like, when he does it, a lightning bolt comes down from the sky. So if they're in the... So say you hit him up in the air above and you time it right, you can get that lightning bolt to hit them and kind of bounce them in the air some more. 
and does a little bit of damage, but the real damage comes from the actual, like, lightning-infused sword swing he does when he does Kazap. But it eats up a lot of MP, like I'm saying. It eats up about, I think it eats up, like, 46 or 48 MP to use a full, like, the full power of Zap, the Kazap. So you have to be careful, because that's almost half your MP, your MP bar. And then, um... The spell set that's the least taxing on his MP is his recovery, his up B, and that is Whoosh. Whoosh is a wind spell. It's very much like, like I said, his spell stuff besides the down B are very much like Robin's, except the lightning and the fire spells are switched, because I know Robin, her side B is that fire one, and then uh, the neutral B is lightning. For the hero, his neutral B is Frizz, Frizzle and Kafriz, and then his side B is Zap, Zapple, and Kazap. But his up air, or his up B, is a wind spell, just like how Robin's is a wind spell. But they work they work a little differently. So Robin does, like, the, the wind blades to propel he, himself or herself up into the air, depending. And, like, with Robin, I think with Robin, too, like, you can't charge the wind spell or the... Um, or the, the the fire one, but you can charge the lightning one. I think the lightning one is the only spell Robin actually charges. With Hero, he can charge his neutral, his side, and his up. But like I said, the only one you can hold charges for are, is his neutral B. So if you, like I said, like let's say you um do a spell like... Okay, let me go over Wush real quick. So Wush uh, is a wind spell. He... Basically, it only costs two MP too, uh, two or two to four MP, something like that, because they want you to make sure you at least have enough MP to recover. Because with if you don't have enough MP for Whoosh or any spell in general, nothing will happen. Like even if you had a Kafriz like stored up, if you don't have the MP to use it, nothing will happen until you have the MP to use it. But Whoosh kind of um he pull he puts shoots where. Uh, why am I butchering this sentence? He shoots wind below himself and it pushes him up in the air. So that's how he, he ends up recovering. So Wush does like a light, like push you up, just light and gentle. Uh, if you hold it for a little bit, you'll do the mid one, which is swoosh. And that puts him up a more moderate amount in the air. And then you, if you hold it the longest, you get cuss swoosh and that shoots you high into the air. Like that's, that's actually a really good recovery spell, and it doesn't cost a lot of MP. Like, swoosh fully, ch- like the swoosh fully charged, swoosh on I think only costs twenty eight MP. So, as long as you can at least do a swoosh, like the mid level one, which I think only costs like sixteen, you should be fine with playing like ledge game or being in the air on the side. Like I said, watch your MP. Because if, like, if you burn it out, if you're just burning out spells and you get knocked over to the edge and you don't even have MP for a swoosh, or a swoosh isn't going to be an, or a whoosh, and a whoosh isn't going to be enough, or something like that, you're going to fall and die. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no way around it. Um, also, the, tor- the, the wind, the, the gust of wind, the tornadoes, if somebody's below you, like, in the range of that tornado, they will take damage. So you can use that to your advantage. So let's 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 say you're playing ledge game with somebody, or you're both on the side in the air, and you swoosh up, and that wind hits them. That could fuck them up, and then they can't recover, and then they fall to their death. Or you do that good old down spike that Sakurai did with the sword. You know, either or. But yeah, that's how um, his spe- his specials basically work. And his whole thing is you want to manage his MP. 
because you you want to be able to deal heavy. Ooh, excuse me, heavy damage with spells. I'm like super groggy. <laughs> I I had work at like 7 a.m., so I got up at six. I don't usually go to work that early, but uh, scheduling stuff this week, so I'm like kind of groggy all over the place. Um, excuse me, but um, his whole thing is spell management, so or MP management. So what you want to do is mainly focus on perfecting how your melee works and maybe even hoping on those critical hits now and then. And your spells, you want to be finishers because you don't want to spam them because you don't want to burn out your MP. Because let's say you're like, oh, it's fine, I'll burn out my MP because then I'll just use you know melee to keep myself okay and stable. Uh, that might not necessarily work because let's say you, you do that and you try to use melee to get your MP back up and they get the upper hand on you and knock you away. You don't have the MP to recover, you die. That's it. Um, so you, you got to be real careful with him and watch that stuff. And so the main, main thing about Hero is his downbeat, which is the command spell list, which has brought up the most controversy about Hero and why maybe he should be banned or not. I personally don't think he should be banned just the way the command spell list works, but I'll go over it. His downbeat is commandless. So commandless kind of like when you do the downbeat, it shows a list of four spells, like kind of like how you would select the spell in the Dragon Quest RPG when it's your turn. He even gets to a pose where he's, like, thinking over what move to use and shows you a list of four spells. The thing about Command List is that it's four random spells out of a pool of 16. I think it's about 16. So it's random every time. So there's a different set of four spells every time you do Command List. So you're not guaranteed to get the same stuff each time. But that's the fun in it, in using Hero, because sometimes maybe you'll get something you want, sometimes you get something maybe you don't need at the time. And the spells include um, just a lot of stuff from the Dragon Quest games, like you have, like, Oomph, which uh, gives you a boost in attack power. You have Sizzle, which is a different kind of fire spell that's kind of fast-moving. It's a little weaker. Uh, Crackle Slash, which is an Ice Slash. You have, like, a Flame Slash. Uh, Snooze puts people to sleep. You have, um, what's it called? I forget what it's called, but it turns your body into metal, and you can't move while you're, this is, this is cool. So he has, there's, there's a move in Dragon Quest that turns you into metal. You can't move, you can't attack, you can't do anything while you're made of metal, but you're also impervious to damage. There's also, but there's also a particular move in Dragon Quest called Metal Slash, and Metal Slash does usually not a lot of damage to anything unless they're made of metal. Like, it's specifically made to hurt metal monsters, and there's, like, you know, metal slimes in Dragon Quest, so they don't take... They don't have a lot of HP, but, like, they don't take a lot of damage from other moves, so you want to use Metal Slash because that's how you deal that critical stuff to them. If you are in that metal form, because you can't turn it off manually, it lasts as long as it lasts. If you're in that metal form, or, like, if you have, like, the metal box item, I think that, too, like, the item in, in Smash Bros. that turns you into metal, I think it'll work on that, too. And Hero uses Metal Slash on you, it will kill you. Like, instantly. You will one-hit KO die, regardless of your damage, because that's what Metal Slash is for. But, like I said, all this stuff is random, so... If you're not playing against Hero and you use that move, you, you don't have to worry about someone Metal Slashing you. But if you're playing against another hero, 
be cautious because if they get that random draw of Metal Slash, they will kill you. <laughs> um, and I think the Metal Box item also counts for that. I need to test that. I need to test and see if uh, Metal Slash will kill a Metal Enemy. But I'm pretty sure it will because what would be the point of having Metal Slash unless you were playing against another hero? That would be really circumstantial. So... We wouldn't have to worry about that in tournament play, though, because there's no items in tournament play. Um, what else does he have? He has a move called Kamikaze. Kamikaze does massive damage, but it essentially kills you, as Kamikaze would imply. So, you don't want to use that when you're about to run out of lives, clearly. You want to use that when you're trying to, like, maybe even out a fight. Or maybe you, you're like, oh, there's no hope, I'll just, you know, Kamikaze myself. So be careful, because you might you, you might pick it by mistake. Uh, they have Magic Burst. Magic Burst deals damage equal to the amount of MP you have left, but it will use all remaining MP you have. So be careful, because then you'll have zero MP, and you'll have to build your MP bar up again. The most controversial... There's, I think there's a few other things, too, that I'm not remembering. Oh, there's Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, be fucking careful. It is the most random of random spells on um, on his command list, because literally what Hocus Pocus does is it'll do some random... It'll do a random spell, pretty much. Any random spell. And some of these spells can benefit you, but also some of these spells can hurt you. Like, there's spells on the list, or, the, like, sometimes it'll do an item effect. Like, say you use Hocus Pocus, and you move slower. It's all random. You can... And it counts for your command spell list, too. Because I believe somebody said they did Hocus Pocus and they kamikaze. Like, so you you don't want to rely on that. Oh, there's also heal. So you can do like a basic heal. Heal a little bit of damage off of you. It's not a lot to make a substantial difference. I think it does like 7 damage. 7% off you. But that's a thing. Um, so yeah, Hocus Pocus is completely random. Be fucking careful. And then... The main spell on the command list that's causing the most controversy. I didn't think I'd be talking about Hero this much, but I got a lot of hands on I got a lot of time playing with him. I'm not a pro player. Definitely not. I play enough to like understand the game and the character mechanics. And I love Dragon Quest XI, so I was super excited for it. But there's two spells in particular particular. There's two spells in particular that uh, are causing the most controversy, that people are like, they should ban Hero. And they're called Whack and Thwack. Now, in the world of Dragon Quest, these what these spells do, they have god-awful accuracy. Like, horrible fucking... Like, they will rarely ever hit. Ever. But when they do hit, in the game, Whack, when it does hit, Instantly KOs an enemy, regardless of their HP. It instantly KOs them, if it hits. Thwack, I think, is a multi-hit one, or it's like an advanced version of Whack, where it um, has a better chance of hitting, but barely ever. Like, I've heard people say, like, in all their years playing Dragon Quest, like, multiple Dragon Quest games, like, people that have played every single one with, like, Whack or Thwack in them, they've gotten it to land maybe, like, four or five times. When I played Dragon Quest XI, I got whack, thwack, that kind of spell category to land maybe twice. But tell me why the enemy gets it. Like, it's like a 60% chance for the enemy to get it. 
Because I've been one-hit KO'd by that fucking spell so many times, but it never works for me. I love video game logic. Anywho, in Smash, Hero has those spells. And I believe it's like the higher the enemy's percentage is, the better chance it has of one-hit KOing you. And I believe that's what they did to balance it. So it could still trigger if they had like 5%, but the chances are much, 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 much lower than if they had uh, like 50% or 100%. So the main the main issue with uh, Wack and Thwack is people are complaining that they're getting one hit KO'd when they play against Hero Online. People were complaining about it from when they showed it off during uh, the presentation that Sakurai did when they were talking about it, because they showed off every spell on the command list. But the thing I think is funny about it is, you guys, it's random. It's a random thing. Because people are going online and just straight up saying, he has one-hit KOs, he should be banned. This isn't fair, he has one-hit KOs. But they're not talking about how it's random. And... They're probably going to say, well, it doesn't feel random because I've been thwacked like this many times. I'm like, okay, maybe you had high percentage. I have seen videos of people getting getting fucking insta-killed by thwack with low percentages. But at the same time, come on, y'all, dude. It's, it's random. Also, you have to be within range. Like, thwack, it, it does move. It's kind of like mid-ish range, but it doesn't go that far. So if you're, like, on the other side of the screen, it's not a threat to you. So, and it'll have to pull up on the command list, and they'll have to have the time to scroll down to wherever it is and select it. So you have plenty of time to stop them from using it. So chances are, if you get comboed into a thwack, you let that shit happen to your life. <laughs> so that's that's my whole lowdown on Hero. Uh, Ho's gonna be mad. Ho's always mad. Ho's been mad that he got added since he's been coming in. But... I think it's wild that people do that because uh, Japan was fucking... People were losing their minds when Hero got added. Because I don't think a lot of people in the West understand that uh, Dragon Quest is kind of like low-key the father of JRPGs. Like, it kind of set the standard for that genre of game. Like, even before Final Fantasy was a thing. So it's just kind of like, it paved the way for a lot of JRPG series and the JRPG genre in general. So yes, it more than deserves its slot. Who cares if it's a sword character? It deserves the slot. (laughs) And it's just like, just don't play as him. Don't buy him. Oh, well, I already bought the season pass. That's your fault for not knowing what the other characters are going to be. You did that to yourself. Like me, I don't care who they add. Like, I'm not, like, the hugest Banjo-Kazooie fan. Mainly, not because I dislike them, mainly because I didn't play a lot of those games as a kid. I didn't have the console. So I played games at friends' houses. But um, I'm still super excited Banjo got added. I believe he deserves the slot, too. And Japan got their character, and America got their characters, so it's like, what's the big deal? That dual reveal was awesome. Like, the fact that they announced two DLZ characters in the same in the same direct was dope. I'm glad they did that. Also glad they didn't do it back-to-back. I'm glad it was, like, spaced out. Like, later they did Banjo. Like, it opened with Hero being announced, and I think the last thing they showed was Banjo being announced, right? That was, that was the last thing at the end of the, the Smash Direct. So... 
or the direct in general. It was a whole direct. They just did two smash reveals. So I think that was cool. But yeah, that's that's all I gotta say about that. And I'm just gonna move into like that that quickie stuff I said I was gonna talk about. So Dragon Quest Eleven Echoes of an Elusive Age S Definitive Definitive Edition. That game comes out uh, September 27th on the Nintendo Switch. Dragon Quest Eleven is is already out for the PS4, the PC, and the Nintendo 3DS. I highly fuck highly fucking recommend you uh, play this game. Um, it's on three different platforms, and but I also recommend you wait for it to come out on the Switch because the Switch is going to have more content than the uh, original version of the game. I don't know if they're adding this definitive edition content to the PS4, 3DS, for PC versions. I don't know if they're doing that or not, or if this is going to be exclusive stuff to the Switch. But that's the main reason why I'm getting... Well, the main reason why I'm getting it on the Switch is because, dude, I, I would love to play Dragon Quest Eleven again on the go, anywhere I felt like, instead of just like having to come home and play it. And I am more than happy to log another 120 hours or more into that game again. Because I, I've talked about it a couple of times before on the podcast, but... That game is fucking fantastic. That was like such a great experience to play. And like I said, I logged I logged about 120 hours in on Dragon Quest 11 and I'm not I haven't done everything on it yet. There's still like a lot a lot a lot a lot to do. Well, not a lot a lot to do, but I still have a good amount of side quests left that I have not done. But come on, dude, 120 hours of content? <sighs> And they're adding more content. Like, pretty much, I just wanted to talk about Dragon Quest Eleven again. Because we were talking about the hero in Smash. But please get this game. If you like RPGs, if you like JRPGs, if you like that stuff, you will love this game. It has such that classic, old-school RPG vibe and feel to it. You will you will fall in love with it. You, you definitely, 100%. It became one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> uh, it's it's fan-fucking-tastic. I'm so ready to play it again. So yes, I just I just wanted to, to go over that real quick. Um, before I talk about Pokemon, I'll go over Persona 5 really quick, because we've gotten a series of trailers ugh, Excuse me, from Arc System Works. I don't think we've gotten any trailers, like not a lot of trailers translated yet into English, just because... The game's not due... Persona 5, the Royal, is not due to come to America until early 2020. It comes out in October in Japan of this year. But we're getting it early 2020 in the U.S. So they haven't given us a lot of trailers. I think we got, like, a launch trailer translated, like, a month or two ago. Like, we got an English launch trailer. But, um... If you go on YouTube, I, I I'm I forget what the the channel is called. I think it's called like Lettuce Sauce or something like that. They uh, translate the, the the Japanese trailers, but Atlas's like Japanese YouTube channel they they've been doing a series of of character trailers. So they showed like the new girl Kazumi and her persona and how it's based off like a Cinderella, I believe it's what it's based off of, and she has like a rapier. Old school gun. Her persona, like outfit, is based on like the idea of that old school like influence that Cinderella looking like kind of outfit mixed with like a leotard because she's a dancer. That's what she does at school. She she dances and I think she does gymnastics too. I think she's that's what she does. 
Uh, we also got a little insight on Kazumi's character. She kind of seems like I don't want to say spazzy. She's she's real energetic. She's real giddy. She likes to like hang out. She's she's bubbly. That's what the that's what the term is. But also from the little hints and bits we've been getting from like her talking in the trailers for Persona Five Royale, she doesn't seem to be too keen on everything the Phantom Thieves are doing. So I don't know if she's going to be an enemy, kind of like a neutral. How she joins the team, we don't know yet if she joins the team, but it looks like she's going to join. I mean, she's getting a persona. Uh, we're also getting a new semester in in the school, in the school year. So it looks that's going to add more content, more time to bond, probably mainly with Kazumi because we need the time if they're adding a whole new character. Um, and they've done character trailers for all your party members, like uh, Ryuji and An and Yusuke. I love these trailers because it shows you like new like bonding hangout time moments around the game and it's also showing that uh we're getting team attacks like not just between like your main character and them but team attacks between um in party members like uh they i think the first character trailer they dropped after kazumi was ryuji's and ryuji and yusuke have like some kind of team up move how these team up moves are going to work we don't know yet um at least, I don't think they've told us yet. I might have to look up more information about it. But it looked really... They're, like, really unique and quirky. So I don't know if, like, these are just going to be in-game story progression things. If you have to raise bond levels up with characters to a certain point to get them to do it. Are we going to have them have hangout time as well? Is that going to be more time management? But the team moves look cool. And they showed up for, like... Uh, Ryuji and, and Yusuke had one. Um, Anne and Yusuke had one, Anne and Yusuke had one, Anne and Morgana had one, um, you know, my brother is loud as fuck, and they also were getting third tier personas, so if you play Persona 5, or I think any Persona, Persona 5 is the only Persona game I've played, so I don't know if they do that in every game, but when you raise a bond level up to max with your party member confidants, like, Say, example, Ryuji. He's one of your homies. Their persona evolves into a new persona that's more powerful, has different stats, has a new look. So, like, Ryuji's initial persona was called Captain Kid, and it was, like, a pirate-looking one. And then when he... When you raise his confident, confidant level, it turned his persona into more of a myth, mythical trickster because the, the Persona 5, it's based on the team rebelling, so their personas initially are based off, like... Thieves from, like, old lore, old books, or even, like, based off real-life people, kind of, like, embellished. Like, uh... Like, one of them's based off of Carmen. Anz is based off Carmen. Uh, Ryuji's Captain Kid. You know, things like that. But when they raise their confidant level to max, they evolve into mythological tricksters. So Ryuji's, I forget the title, but it's pretty much just another name for San Wukong. So, you know, like the, the, the Monkey King guy from the Chinese mythos. That's what his was when it evolved. Looks super dope. But third tier personas seem a lot more unique. Because from what we see from the trailer, I don't know exactly how it's going to work, how you get it. Because I know to get the second tier one, you have to raise their confidant levels. So I don't know what we're doing to get the third tier one. Maybe they're going to redo it. So at a certain point, like maybe if you get it halfway up, they evolve to second tier. And then when you max it, they get the third tier. But, um, 
essentially your their first persona and their second persona fuse, and that's how they get their third tier persona. And I think these personas are all going to be exclusively unique because even like some of their persona names having used for other people in previous games. So it looks like these are going to be unique to every character. Like when this is like their true persona form. So I think that's really cool. Like Ryuji's looked real punk thuggish. Like it, you have to look them up. They look really cool though, but I think they've only shown two. I think in trailers they, they've shown three. At least three. Because Ryuji's they showed in a trailer, but they didn't really go over it. They just kind of showed quick what happened. Uh, f- they showed Futaba's. Futaba gets a new one, a third tier one. That actually does a team attack. She has a finish screen too, like an all-out attack finish screen. So that's dope. Um, and I think case they showed in a magazine. They didn't show in his trailer. But they, they look a lot more representative of them as people. So I'm kind of excited for those. And I wonder if uh, your character will get one. Because your character's second tier persona was essentially um, Sentinel. But you don't actually evolve it in-game. Like playing, that's like a story thing at the end of the game. Spoilers. But also, uh, one bit of interesting information, or something I thought was the most interesting, was... Um, Spoilers if you haven't played Persona 5, but the one of the villains of the series that's uh, sneaking behind you, the villains of the Persona 5, Goro Akechi, it looks like he might be getting a redemption arc because he got a character trailer, and there's uh, a scene where you guys are hanging out at a new location. It's like a pool house, and you, your player character and him are just hanging out playing pool, and he's in a disguise for some reason. But they also show scenes of him fighting on your team, but in his Loki form. And the reason why I thought that was interesting was because he's only on your team for that one mission in the casino. And he's using his fake persona. He's using Robin Hood. His true persona is Loki. And he, he even has that dark outfit on because he's really a bad guy. But he was on their team in the trailer in his Loki form. So it looks like maybe this time around, maybe the, instead of him sacrificing himself as his kind of like last atonement. Maybe either you get the choice to save him and then he can redeem himself from there or just in the story flat out, he survives and he starts redeeming himself and joins your team fully, which I think would be interesting. I hate a catchy, but I hate him. I hate him in a good way. Like in a story way, like him as a villain was good. So even when he atoned, I kind of pitied him, but I didn't really feel bad for him. It was just like, oh, that kind of sucks. He kind of got played, too, in the story. Like, you find out, like, he was getting played just as much as he was playing us. But at the end of the day, like, fuck Akechi. Um, so if he gets a redemption arc, cool, I'm fine with it. I don't think I'll ever forgive him. He'll have to do some really, really redeeming stuff for me to ever really forgive him for what he did during the events of Persona 5. But who knows? Royale could change things around. So not only do we have a new character, like a new party member with Kazumi, we have possibly the redemption and full-fledged party member edition of Akechi. Because you only get Akechi as a playable character during the the third-to-last palace, the Casino Palace. That's the only time he's actually on your team, and he's disguised in his Robin Hood, using his Robin Hood persona. Robin Hood, you know, steal from the rich, give to the 
the needy. And that was like a fake persona for him when he was on our team because uh, I think it represented his fake character of being in real life. He's a detective, but in reality behind the scenes, he's, he's a lot more sinister and he's killing people in the metaverse and with his real persona, Loki, which is a mythological trickster. So that worked out for his character a lot, like that duality of it. So hopefully we'll see it. And it looks like we'll get to raise his confidant levels by actually hanging out with him rather than being like a forced story thing. So it'll be more of a choice. And who knows, maybe he'll get a really cool looking third tier persona. We don't know yet. Um, that was kind of mainly like my main speculation of what we're doing with Akechi. Like, I don't, I'm down for a redemption arc, like I'm saying. I just wonder if it's going to be like something that's just going to happen regardless, or if they're going to give you the option. Like, cause that'd be interesting too, to have the choice to save him or not. Cause a lot of people are like, so can we not save him? Like, I even looked it up. Is there no way to save Akechi? Cause in Persona 5, at that point, there's no way to help him. Like, he, he's going to die. Like, he, he gives his life to help us escape. So that was, like, his last atonement after you, you know, beat his ass for the last time. So I wonder if this time around it's going to be like, what should we do, Joker? And they give you the option to either escape or try to help him. Or in the storyline, you're just going to help him. Or in the storyline, you leave, but this time he manages to survive by himself. And then he starts redeeming himself. But that's also really late game. Like, that's the second... There's only one palace left at that point, so I don't know exactly how they're incorporating Akechi, so that's what I'm wondering. Like, is that scene even still going to happen? Like, I, I I wonder, like, how far they're extending the game, because I think we're also getting a new palace for Kazumi specifically for, for when she gets her persona. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But Persona 5 The Royale comes out, I think early mid-October in Japan this year, and they, I don't think they've given them an official release date yet for America, but they did say early 2020, so we'll we'll have a bit to wait on. Um, and then last thing I want to touch on in terms of, like, game news before maybe I address the whole gun violence shooting thing, um... Is Pokemon Sword and Shield. I know there's still a lot of controversy going on with Pokemon Sword and Shield with the whole uh, the bring back the Galar deck or bring back the National Decks movement. If you haven't heard or if you didn't hear my podcast, like it was a while back, it was a couple back. Um, they did confirm already. If you've been, if you're not into Pokemon news uh, with po- or Pokemon games in general, what Pokemon games usually do is you have a Pokédex for the region. So like. Say you're in Kanto for the Gen 1ers out there. You have your Kanto region Pokedex. Or we'll we'll say Johto. We'll say second gen. Because first gen only had Kanto. So in Johto, you get like a Johto region Pokedex. It's the Johto decks. So you only can get Pokemon from the Johto region. Like maybe Pokemon from Kanto are in Johto too, so they count on that Pokedex. But anything not on the Johto decks, you can't get. And then when you beat the game... You get a national dex. Now, for the Pokemon games, when you get a national dex, it's usually after you beat the game. Well, it's always after you beat the game. You get the national dex. The national dex is for every Pokemon ever made from any generation. So when you beat the game and you can trade Pokemon over into the new game, into your new game, they get added to the national dex list. And that's essentially how you catch them all. 
they did announce already a few months back already that we weren't going to get a national dex in gen eight due to limitations and they wanted to improve graphics and this and that they had excuses. So people got mad. I talked about it. I didn't think it was a big deal personally to me just because when I get a new Pokemon game, I usually just catch new Pokemon from that region, like new, like brand new Pokemon made for that gen specifically. So I never usually think about getting previous Pokemon, maybe until like end game when I get my faves and end game to go online and battle competitively. I do understand the argument and understand why people are upset and they should rightly be upset. If I, if it, if I had the personal choice to choose, if I wanted a national dex or not, I would want a national dex. Yeah, I would want all the Pokemon in the game. But, like I said, it's not really hurting me wanting the game that much. I'm still excited for the game, even without the national decks. But a lot of people are pissed. And it's not just that. It's led to a lot of other things people are complaining about. Like, they, like Game Freak said, oh, we're going to work on you know improving the graphics and animations. So that's what, a reason why the, the national decks isn't happening. But people have been bringing up videos of like bad animation quality. Or they're saying, like, this looks just like the 3DS version, so it doesn't... So they're, you know, calling them out for line. They're like, the battle animations don't look all that great. Battle animations from, like, Battle Revolution on the Wii look better than this. There's been a lot of, like, heavy controversy and hate being swung Game Freak's way. And I don't have enough time to really go over everything about it or, like, go over how I feel. But I've been keeping up to date with the news. I'm still all for getting Sword and Shield. I don't think you're a bad person or a sheep or just a shitty human being, or an idiot, for wanting the game still. I think that's dumb. I think people that say that need to chill the fuck out. I, Because if you don't, look, if you don't want the game, that's perfectly fine. You have your reasons for not wanting the game. Don't be rude to people that are still getting the game. Let them get the game. You fucking sheep, this is why this is happening. Dude, get over it. People are going to buy the game. Okay, but you shouldn't be bothering people just because they disagree with you. I I fully get the controversy. I fully agree that, like, hey, man, you guys could do better. The game still looks like it's going to be fun. It still like looks like I'm going to have a good time. I'm still going to get the game. I'm not fully going to judge it until I actually play it. And people are like, oh, I already played the hands-on demo and this and this. Okay, well, I didn't play it. So I'm not just going to take your opinion as 100% factor proof that I should or shouldn't get it. I'm going to play it and judge it for myself. That's just personally how I feel about it. So that's that's that whole big deal. Um, like I said, I'm not going to fully go over it, but from what I've been seeing like through videos and a lot of research and stuff, uh, Loxton on his channel, he did like a 40 to 50 minute video going over the whole thing. And... Not to sum up his video, but personally for me to sum up that video, with that video's information, you guys should go check out that channel. It's called uh, Locks and Noggin. Great channel. Great fucking channel on YouTube. Um, but uh, that video, re- articles I've read, research I've done myself about the whole thing, it looks like you could sum it up to being Game Freaks not being lazy. They just kind of don't know what they're doing. If, if I had to boil it down, it seems more like the fact that they weren't ready to make a console game. Game Freak's mainly been making handheld stuff. 
over, especially with main series Pokemon games, a lot of those console spinoff titles that you see aren't directly made by Game Freak. They they mainly only make the main series games, so they've only been used to making handhelds, handheld games. So this is their actual first full fledged console game. They probably thought they could do it the same way they always did it, with their kind of like they they don't have a lot of technical know how in that department. They bit off more than they can chew. They panicked, so things had to get cut, and they tried to make excuses for it. So, I don't think it's them being lazy. I think it's more of them kind of just being dumb, which is what me and a a good friend of mine were actually talking about, like, way back. And he was like, I hope they're not being stupid, but at the same time, like, I'd rather them just kind of, you know, fucking up and being dumb than actually having the lazy choice of, not doing such and such, or not doing such and such. And that's what I think it is at this point. I think they just bit off more than they can chew, and they panic, and they didn't know what they were doing. So I think it's more of a thing of stupidity, which isn't a defense for it. They fucked up. They definitely fucked up. But I wouldn't call it being lazy. And I also was saying, when we were talking about that with my friend, I was also saying I didn't believe their excuses. I think... What I was saying way back before I even knew all of this was, uh, I think something happened. What I, what happened, I do not know, but something happened and they were like, yo, we can't add all these Pokemon in the game or such and, and then such and such happened and such and such happened. And then rather than just being honest and upfront, they kind of bullshitted us because they wanted to save face and they should have been straight up honest from the jump. And I think that's where they messed up. It's like, don't get me wrong. People are still upset about, you know, these changes and things getting taken out and things getting switched around like this. But I feel like it wouldn't have been as bad if they were just upfront and honest and were like, hey, we messed up. People still would have been upset. But now people are even more upset because they feel like they're being lied to. And I think that's just what's fueling the fire. And I think Game Freak had good intentions. They just didn't plan this one out correctly. So hopefully things go well. But also, like, the the hate train is going too far. Like, I heard people are, like, commenting on wedding photo. People that work on for, for Game Freak, they're commenting on their wedding photos about this and harassing them. Guys, chill. Like, you do not need to take it that far. Uh, also, Game Freak is working on a game called Town. Or Town, something like that. It looks... F- pretty good from what I've seen. It looks like they're putting a lot of effort into that game too. You know, maybe something to fall back on. But a lot of people are actually also doing a movement called don't buy towns even if it's good because they're disappointed with how Sword and Shield's going. That's absolutely fucking nonsense. Like, if you don't like Sword and Shield or the way it looks like it's about to come out, don't buy Sword and Shield. Don't fuck over an entire company just because they disappointed you with one game. If Town looks good and you want to play Town, buy Town. If you don't want to play Sword and Shield because you don't think Sword and Shield is up to par with what you want or expect or think it should be, don't buy Sword and Shield. They'll get the message. You know what I mean? And uh, people are just wilding. But, anywho, I want to point out more positive stuff because I am still excited for the game. I am still going in with like a bit of skepticism just because of the whole controversy, but I'm not going to let that blind my whole opinion of the game. I'm still excited for a lot of different things about the game and the aspects. So in the recent trailer we got on Wednesday, 
we we were shown that there's going to be Galarian forms. In Gen 7, we got introduced to Alolan forms, and it was only for Kanto Pokemon, but certain Kanto Pokemon in Alola evolved and adapted to the region in different ways, so they got different forms. Like, Volpex is normally a fire type, but in the Alolan region, they live up on the mountains, and they're, it's cold and snowy up there, so they became ice types. So you have Alolan Ninetales and Volpix that are, I think they're ice fairy, actually, too. And then, you know, such and such and such and such. But with Alolan forms, it was exclusive to Kanto Pokemon. We now know that Galarian forms are not exclusive to Kanto Pokemon. We only got shown technically two Alolan Pokemon, I mean Galarian Pokemon, but there's something interesting about them. First off, we got shown Galarian Weezing, which I know is a first-gen mon, but give me a second. If you didn't see the trailer, Galarian Weezing, I think, looks really funny and, like, cool. Uh, it's color scheme, it's like a little more gray, and it has like, kind of like this, this green smog around like its mouths, that makes it look like it has like these old mustaches, and the, the little holes in their head that go out all the gas, they look like top hats or smoke snacks, like, like old school, kind of like British European looking things, so it represents the region, and they're poison fairy types, and what they actually do from what the, it said in their Pokedex entries they take in all the toxic air and they excel like like cleaner stuff, which brings up the poison fairy thing. Poison fairy is also a really good fucking type because fairies were were weak to poison. So now they're not. This Pokemon's not going to be weak to poison. And it's going to be a dragon slayer. So how many times are we gonna get to say, oh look, I got a wheezing that's a dragon slayer? <laughs> Cause it's immune. <laughs> so What's what can hurt it? What hurts fairy? Besides poison. I know poison is super effective, but it's a poison fairy type. I don't remember. But I think it only had like two things that was super effective against it. And now one of them got cancelled out. So Weezing's gonna a Galarian Weezing's gonna be an interesting mon. But the other Galarian form we saw, which I think is fucking dope because it's a Hoenn Pokemon that I think needed some love, was the Zigzagoon line. So, we do have Galarian Zigzagoon. It's, instead of a normal type, it's a dark normal type. And it's black and white color palette. I don't know why I'm so lispy today. It's a black and white color palette. And, uh... People were comparing its design to, like... Like, an emo band, like, some, like, My Chemical Remnants thing. It has... It looks like it has more of a Kiss influence, because it it has, like a black star kind of thing around its eyes, like how Kiss had the makeup and the white pattern, and it has its tongue sticking out like Gene Simmons. And you see that more in its evolution when it becomes, you know, the Galarian Lion, same color palette thing, same tongue sticking out, but it's even longer. Here's the cool thing. Apparently, Galarian forms of Pokemon, certain Pokemon with a Galarian form will have new evolutions. So normally, the final evolution for Zigzagoon is Lyun. Galarian Lyun can evolve. So, that's a, that's a new thing. So now, more Galarian forms might have evolutions. So we might see new evolutions for old Pokemon, which has happened before. We've seen that happen in 4th Gen with, like, Magmortar and Electivire. But they're new variations of those Pokemon, so that's kind of like a double whammy. So Lyun evolves into a Pokemon called Oxt- Obstagoon. And it's, like, standing on its hind legs, and it totally looks like fucking... Gene Simmons of Gene Simmons had a persona. And it's like, it has its tongue sticking out. It has like 
like the the, the same like kind of like get up similar to what Kiss wears on stage, and it looks fucking dope. It looks really cool, and I think there's even an article with Gene Simmons like approving it. <laughs> like it, like it looks like he was like, "Yo, that's cool." Like it definitely, it totally has the Kiss influence. So that was cool too. And um, another thing we got shown was uh, rivals. We we have more than one rival, so I think that's going to be cool because now we have different storylines. Because you had your rival Hop, your initial rival, it's probably going to be your main one who is the younger brother of the champion, so you see his motivation. He wants to follow in the footsteps. So maybe we'll see some character development with that. I forget the other two rivals' names, but one of them is a dude who has an endorsement directly from the chairman of the whole Pokemon battle scene. And he's looks like this really tough trainer, and he wants to be champion for his own personal reasons. They have not revealed it yet. And the other person is another girl. She's like a punk. She's a girl that she looks like kind of like a punk rocker girl, and uh, she has her own specific reasons for also wanting to be champion. It's another rival. The unique thing about her is she's followed around by like a fan club essentially, but they're the the they're the evil team. They're called Team Yell. And they're, like, these really funny, dressed, like, punk rock dudes. They look like 30-year-old people that never gave up the punk scene. <laughs> and they exclusively follow this girl around and are her fan club. Like, they have, like, posters of her and shit. So I think they're doing another Sun and Moon thing where, like, the evil team isn't really going to be the main villain. Because I think Team Yell is exclusively going to be around whenever she's around. So maybe she's kind of, like, the leader of Team Yell. But she's not going to be the main, main villain rival. Or the, or the main villain. Like, there's probably going to be something darker going on. But I kind of like that aspect. I One thing, another one, uh, me and my friend were talking about again, is, like, we. I love Team Skull from Gen 7. And I like the idea of Team Yell. Because I like the idea of teams not being too world domination-like lately. Because we got a lot of that. Not that I don't like Team Aqua, Team Magma, Team Galactic, Team Plasma, Team Flare, and all of that. But I liked them going back to the idea, like, this evil team's just kind of like this evil team for thuggish reasons. Like, I love Team Rocket because they were just, they were like a mafia. They were a mob. They they didn't care about world domination. They, they, they cared about making that money. Like, <laughs> they wanted to steal Pokemon and get rich. That was the goal. They were just, like, a gang. Like, <laughs> they weren't talking about, like, I want to destroy the world and cleanse it and make it new. Those villains are cool, do not get me wrong, but it's refreshing to not have that constantly again and just kind of have, like, these goofy kind of villains like Team Skull where straight up, like, these street punks. And then you have Team Yell, like, this rowdy gang that follows this girl around and is her fan club. I like the idea. I like that they're doing different stuff. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield are coming out November 15th. So we still got a few months before that comes out, so we're going to get some news. Um, and that's that about it for, uh, say for Pokemon, pretty much, pretty much. Um, yeah, uh, this has kind of been a spazzy podcast. I just kind of didn't want to, I just wanted to wing it today. Just wanted to go over, like, stuff I'm giddy for and what I was thinking about when it came to all these games and whatnot. How I felt about the hero on Smash. So that's, that's it for all I had to say about that before, um... We close it out. I'm just gonna talk about uh, the whole uh, video game violence thing. So I know you guys all know about the two shootings that went down recently. 
um, tragic stuff. Very, very like, and it's crazy because I feel like people are sad about it still, like, but we're so desensitized to it at the same time because this is just part of the course for us now, and it's kind of fucking ridiculous that it is that people can just not even go into a fucking like Walmart and shop one day without worrying about the dangers of being shot at. So I'm not super political or talk about the news on the podcast. That's more personal stuff. I talk about with friends. I don't like to put that in the air like that. I'm trying to, I try to be more positive or just, you know, talk about the nerd stuff, but, uh, this is related to that. That's why I'm going to just talk about it for a couple minutes before we get out. Um, you know, government, politicians, they're doing the huge where uh, things of this nature happen. And instead of addressing the actual issues of why these things happen, why there's these mass shootings, why these crazy, mentally ill, racist people do such fucking heinous, disgusting shit. Uh, it's, it's the games. It's the video games fault. And, um, I think that's, it's ridiculous that we keep having to, to paddle back to this and go back and forth with this idea that video games cause all this violence when it's, it's been proven so many times again and again and again and again and again and again that, uh, that it doesn't, it just, it just fucking doesn't. And it's getting crazy because we have the ESRB, we have the rating system, so parents can know what games are suitable for their children in the first place. It's not, the games aren't causing the violence, but at the same time, there's already steps to stop kids from doing that and having access to that, and parents don't fucking care. So I don't... It's more of a home issue. People have personal issues. People have family issues. People have hate in their hearts because that's how they were raised. That's how they were. There's so many other factors that cause these things, and video games is not one of them. Oh, he played a lot of video games, so that must explain why he shot up this place. It's just like, I play a lot of video games. I've been playing video games all my fucking life. I've never had the thought thought has never fucking crossed my mind to just go out and shoot a bunch of people. It's fucking stupid. And I'm just kind of ranting about this at this point. Like, I don't, I don't want to get into the details of it just cause like, I know it would just piss me off. I'm already kind of upset even having to bring it up, but it's something I should bring up. One of my friends was telling me like, I should, I should talk about this whole situation and I didn't want to get too deep into it. I tried, like I said, I just wanted to talk about things I was excited for with games and whatnot, but this kind of relates, and, you know, it recently happened, so it's something I couldn't just, you know, fucking ignore, and I don't know, man. If you really feel like games cause violence, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, because a basic Google search can prove to you that it doesn't. But maybe you have something you Google that proves me wrong because, you know, everyone just Googles and looks through stuff until they find what, see what they want to see. Everyone does research until they find what they want to find. And it's just so ridiculous that this is an issue again and again and again and again.
the mentally unstable races played video games, so video games must be the problem. Really? Really? Is that what it is? Is that what it is? Really? <sighs> Fucking... Um... I don't know, man. I I wanted to get a little deeper into it, but I don't think I should. At least not, like, in this bit of time. Maybe we'll just let it simmer a little bit after I get my thoughts and all that together. And maybe we'll do, like, a deeper dive-ish kind of podcast for that subject specifically. But it won't be, it won't be anytime soon. We gotta let it marinate. And it just, it doesn't feel right for me to, like, go off like that. Because, I don't know. I don't... It's just so... It's so sad that, like, people, like, had to die. Like, people died. And the the cause isn't being addressed. It's fucking ridiculous. Like... Walmart's pulling violent games off their display shelves, but you can still buy guns at Walmart. What? What? <laughs> like, first of all, you shouldn't be taking the games off in the first place, but okay, if you if you feel like you should be doing that, whatever, do what you need to do. But take the guns then, too. You're still going to sell the guns? You're still going to display the guns? But you're going to take down the violent fucking... Really? Like... It's getting worse because people are bowing down to shit that isn't facts. And... Oh my god. You know what? No. We're, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Uh, I'm trying to keep it positive today. I have some positive shit going on. Oh, you know what? Um, before I close that out, just want to say my heart does go out to... All the people who lost their lives recently. And, you know, all the family families that, you know, lost loved ones. I can't imagine how I would feel if I had lost anybody like that. That's, it's so fucking crazy. Just be safe out there, guys, and watch your surroundings. And make sure you, the people that you love know that you love them. Because, phew, fucking America, dude. It's fucking crazy. But, um, I don't want to say thoughts and prayers, because thoughts and prayers don't do fucking anything. You, we gotta take action. Everybody has to take more action. So, I just want to close out with that, you know. Be safe, be careful, be smart. And look up the facts, do your research. But, uh, let's try to close it out on a more positive note. So before we go, uh, I just want to say... Next week's podcast will be uh, about the new anime I was talking about the other week. Uh, we're going to be talking about Fire Force, Demon Slayer, and uh, Dr. Stone. I'm just going to give brief rundowns of them, how I feel about them so far, the episodes. So be sure to, be sure to tune in for that if you're an anime fan, because uh, we're going to be doing that. And then... The week after that, we'll be back on our Yu Yu Hakusho analysis stuff. We'll be going over uh, the Dark Tournament. So the first, so first part of it will be like the earlier rounds of the Dark Tournament, and then part two will either be the semifinals and the finals, or just exclusively the finals, which I kind of hope. 
I end up getting to. I, I'd love part two to just be about the finals in general. Give me a lot more time to like go over each fight and each person's like drive and motivations and the whole tournament and what that arc meant as a whole. Cause the dark tournament was kind of the tournament itself was just a backdrop for the real story going on there, which was the younger Tagoro Genkai and how Yusuke resolve that, that conflict after all those years. So that's what we'll be talking about. But um, next week we'll be doing new anime talk. So if you're into anime, please, please stick around. Please uh, tune in for that. Stick around. Tune in for that. Uh, especially if you read it. If you've been reading, if you've already been reading Fire Force and Demon Slayer and Doctor Stone, I haven't been reading them. I still need to catch up on a lot of the manga I've been reading, but I'm watching them, and uh, I can tell you this much: I am digging all three of those shows. Uh, Demon Slayer is definitely my favorite of the three. I would say. Fucking love it. Uh, Fire Force, I do dig. We'll see how Fire Force goes compared to Demon Slayer because Fire Force is still really early in, so that's why Demon Slayer kind of has the advantage as my favorite. Demon Slayer is about to be on episode 19. Fire Force is about to be on, like, episode 4 or 5. Dr. Stone is different, but I like it. Like, it's it's refreshing. So we'll, we'll be talking about that next week. But also, um, tonight, uh, on a... Cartoon Cartoon Fridays podcast, which is also on Podbean. My friends uh, Johnny and Joel do that. I shouted them out last week or the week before that, something of that nature. Um, I'm going to be guest starring on their podcast tonight, so we'll be hanging out, and uh, I think we'll be talking about music and animation, and you know, anime intros and that, shooting the shit, having some drinks. So that'll be that's fun. So tune in for that. That's coming, and we'll be doing that. And that's about it. Oh, and we'll be working on art project stuff. Like I said, I do my art project, my uh, writing. Johnny is going to Johnny and Joel are going to be helping with the the illustrations on that. So we'll be talk working on that. We won't be talking about that during the podcast, but we'll probably be talking about that off of that meeting up, hanging out, chilling, doing all that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. Um, follow Art Projects Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I don't know what is up with my speech today. Follow Art Project's Facebook page. It's Art, capital A-R-T, uh, and then capital P, and then Project. Also, I have a YouTube, same, I think it's spelled the exact same way, Art Project. And the podcast is also on the YouTube page, or the, <laughs> excuse me, the YouTube channel. Um, that's, those are like the only videos on the YouTube channel is just like podcast uploads. This podcast upload will be going up there soon enough. Um, it'll also be on the Facebook page as all the other podcast episodes will, and they'll be on Podbean. So we have three sources where you can check the podcast out. So you got some, some variety, some choices in case you don't want to go to a particular one. Uh, go ahead and, you know, go to the YouTube channel like that. I tr- when we do start working on um, the story, Another Random Tale, I, I kind of want to, like, do videos of us working on it, early stages, put them both on the YouTube channel, too. So be tuned for that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you want to keep up to date on that news. The main channel, or the main thing to get anything I'm doing, like, any news-related stuff on for, like, whether it be Another Random Tale, the podcast, anything else I'm working on is Art Project's Facebook page. I also do have a Twitter and Instagram. I haven't really been using it much. I am getting someone to be like a social media coordinator. So we'll have a lot more news updates and things of that nature on all three of those a lot more often once I get that set up. 
So, yeah, that's that's it for me. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the rambles today. Uh, I think I'll have a more, well, I don't want to say scripted, more ready talk and discussion, a more, like, clear, less, like, spazzy all over the place discussion to talk about next week, because I've, I've been thinking about these animes a lot lately, especially watching them. So we'll have more cohesive podcasts next week, I would t- to say the least. But um, we'll be closing out with a song like we usually do. This is from the band, I believe it's pronounced Twerp. It's T-W-R-P, and I believe it stands for Tupperware Remix Party. Yes, I'm not kidding. I believe that's exactly what they're called. Uh, I've never heard of them prior to hearing this song. And the reason why I've even heard this song is because I was scrolling through Facebook and Toonami uh, shared a link on their Facebook page. Well, not a link. They posted a video on their Facebook page, and it was the music video for this song. And the thing that caught my attention was that it was featuring Dan Avedan. And if you don't know who Dan Dan Avedan is, he's uh, Dan from Game Grumps. Game Grumps is a YouTube channel that does kind of like... They they do Let's Plays and Game Playthroughs and just tell jokes throughout the whole thing. Funny dudes, Dan and Aaron. But uh, Dan's um, a musician. He, does, he sings. He does a lot of vocal work. Great singer. So that caught my attention. I listened to the song, and I fucking really enjoy the song. It's called Starlight Brigade, so I don't know if anyone's heard it before. But we'll be closing out with that, and I'll see you guys next week. So, thanks for listening. This one was real weird. This Today was real weird. It was a real weird podcast. I was all over the place. <laughs> Episode 10. I'm so professional. But uh, I'll catch you guys later.
Dude, I said this podcast was going to be like 40 minutes today. It's the normal fucking... <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. I'm just winging it. Chicken winging it. High slinging it. Yeah, I'm singing it. Alright, bye. <laughs>